0: Worthy, he's worthy, I think one of the greatest go ahead, you take your seats. I think one of the greatest uh shocks we're gonna have is when we look back over our life and we see the times that we were standing in church kind of halfway singing, and you zoom back and you get to see all of heaven, the greatest of the great falling at Jesus' feet, and we're kind of going, yeah, holy Jesus, we're gonna go man. We were there, but we kind of missed it. We're connected to heaven in that way. Amen? Amen. Are you happy? Are we happy? We should be the happiest people ever. You know, the Lord showed me this recently, that that the world is not happy no matter what you do. No matter their circumstance, they're not happy. The Christian's supposed to be, no matter what your circumstance, you're happy. Huh? That's how you can tell. If you're more like the world or more like a believer. We've got joy in all circumstances. You know, Paul listed some out there and he said, Man, life's been hard, but I've got joy that won't quit. Amen? Come on, amen. I know it's the morning, but dang, I'm I'm a little bit excited. I want to share with you this morning. I just, I just thought it would be good to kind of, you know, the daytime sessions have a little different flavor. And I, I wanted to... I wanted to do a little teaching with you. I wanted to ha- just help do some practicals on how to receive. How to be a receptive person. How to get in when God is doing something. Because how many of you know that that's really, essentially, all ministry is. We see God go do a thing and then we just go jump on. Isn't that what we've been saying? The theme is, Jesus said what? I see Father do a thing and then I just go over and I'll do that. You know, I've seen so many times in, uh, I think it was Australia... We were there, and we were just carrying on normal and Vincent looked up and he saw the Lord sent an angel behind this woman, and was just kind of the woman the guy was what, was he messing with her hair. I didn't see it. Vincent saw it, and was just messing with her, so he stopped and he said, "Well, that's what father's doing he said i "I think God's doing something with you right there." and the woman was completely unaware. She just looked at him like, "I don't know what you're saying." And Finn said, Lance, go over there real quick. And so before I could get over there, I got halfway over there. The Lord, the power of God hit her, and she just went through the chairs. I couldn't even, you know, talk about no catcher. I was going to be a catcher, but I just couldn't make it. And, and you know, the Lord just, just cleaned her life out. So we, we see what Father's doing, and we go get in on that. I want to share a little bit this morning just to help, I don't know, reform our idea. Of how how God interfaces with us and how we can, because uh, how many of you just like spiritual things are totally comfortable for you? you? You're just an expert at it right out of the box, and you can just you just zoom right in there, and you're just spiritual. Okay, I'm glad that if, if you are here, I'm gonna let you come teach because that most of us mortals, uh, it doesn't come quite so easy. So I just want to share a few things that'll help us uh, come to God. A little closer, huh? A little, little quicker, a little more readily.
1: I think that'd be helpful.
0: Do you? Is that worth, is that worth our pursuing? So I want to start with. I just want to tell you. I wrote down a testimony. I, I, I won't read the whole thing, but in ninety, November eighteen ninety five, I was in a meeting, and I had never had any kind of tangible experience with the Lord. I'd been a spirit filled believer. For a long time and I had received baptism speaking in tongues but as far as like one of these you know what I'm talking about there's a difference between being filled with the Spirit and then God overtaking you is anybody with me on that there comes a time when God comes in and, and it, He just shuts down everything else for you and I I was uh, I was in this meeting and uh, I had this experience and it was so powerful I wrote, I wrote it down because uh, I just nothing like that had ever happened to me so I want to just take a minute and share with you what happened i want to testify this is my testimony of what what happened to me and uh the reason this happened to me i believe one of the one of the things that led up to it was uh this was john and carol Arnott from um toronto and they were having some crazy stuff going on up there as you probably have heard and um i i hadn't really heard about it we just were at this conference and they happened to be the the speakers there and um I started to hear, now, the, where I come from, I had never really put much stock. I didn't understand what this thing was where people fall down. I just, to me, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I didn't really ever think, what's it, you know, what's the use? Why are people falling down? I don't get that. But these guys started to tell testimonies of, of a, a, a girl they'd been counseling with for 15 years, trying to get her some issues ironed out and, and one day in the meeting God knocks her on the ground she gets up ten minutes later and she's fixed come on I was like okay now I'm not big on this this emotional thing but that right there makes sense to me That that if God can do in ten minutes what I can't do in fifteen years I want some of that You know, instead of this, you know, where you just got to grunt it out and we'll minister and counsel and pray and whatever. I mean, yeah, we should do all that. But if God can go bang and ten minutes later you're fixed, hey, sign me up. So I began to see the practical side of that. And I heard testimony after testimony after testimony. One that I heard the girl, uh, she got up and they said, hey, what's going on with you? You know, and she just can't even find the floor, you know, she's just kind of out there. But they said, what's going on? She said, I've always been angry at my father. And now when I get up off the floor, I'm not angry at him anymore. Come on, what's that worth? So I kept hearing these testimonies of what God did with what they were calling carpet time. You know, when God would get a hold of somebody on the carpet and then they get up and something God did some surgery on them. Something he doesn't do normally in our nine to five. You know what I'm saying? And so I I, I began to hear that and I got hungry. I said, yeah, yeah, that I want. That right there, I'll take some of that. And so... The next night, I, I, I told the Lord, I said, I'm going, I'm coming for you. you whatever, what, I don't understand any of that, but whatever it is, give me some of that. And so that night I got down there and they said, all right, now tonight we're, we're, we, we want to have a special altar call here for uh, foreign missionaries, people who are going to the foreign field, you know, and I was like, oh man, I, you know, I'm not going to the foreign field. So I had to wait. And the next night they had a call for something else. And I told the Lord, I said, look, I don't care if they ask for African Americans. I'm going. I'll be the only white face down there, but I don't care what you call for tomorrow night. I'm coming for some of that stuff. And sure enough, they had kind of a general call, so I came down. I, but I want to tell you, there was a hunger in me. I was so hungry for the Lord. So I got down there, and I i don't know about you, but I had these expectations that the the man, the man, the leader would come, and he would lay hands on me, and fire would fly from his fingertips, and you know who knows what. So, you know, you have those kind of expectations. Well, I get there, and the man is over there. This is a big old crowd, and he's over there somewhere. And so I get these two little ladies from the prayer team. And, you know, come on now, I'm just being honest with you. I was like, ah, two little old ladies from the... I mean, they were old. Old. And I just thought, well, you know, what am I doing? But I, I said, Lord, you know, whatever, this is this is you. I, I really, I'm desperate. And uh, they started to pray for me. And I just remember I was standing there just just waiting on the Lord... And I could kind of sense that I couldn't quite get the balance. I was, you know, it was just like that. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just maybe I'm a little lightheaded or something. And I started to feel like I was doing this, you know. And I started to lean a little bit. And I thought, okay, I'll just grab myself, whatever. My foot wouldn't come off the floor. I was like, yo! And fortunately, there was somebody there and caught me. Well, I'm gonna tell you, they put me on the floor, and all of a sudden. It was like this electrical field went <clears throat> right in my face. And the presence of God came all over me. Just He just came in person. And it undid me. I can't describe to you that moment. I, could, I want to try to describe it for you. I could hear myself. I was inside there with Jesus. But I could hear myself screaming, laughing, crying, shouting, whatever. But I wasn't really involved in that. I was inside there with Jesus. That may seem a little weird to you, but I'll just tell you something. The greatest thing ever happened to me. There is nothing. The one one thing I took away from this whole experience was, this right here is all I've ever wanted. I want to tell you something. I understand heaven because I understand this. When you get close to him, when his presence is near you, this thing inside you says, this is what I'm made for. This is all I've ever wanted. And you could pile up the lottery and, you know, fame and for everything you can think of, and I wouldn't even think about it. Because it, the presence of Jesus is so intense. I laid there, and I'll tell you, I reached up. I can remember reaching up with my physical hands. I was laying on my back, and I remember reaching up, and Jesus was right here. And I could feel his beard. Okay, that may be outside your space, but okay. But I'm just telling you what, I'm telling you what happened to me. I was laying on my back, and I... I was just, I just spent a long time just petting Jesus's face. I just, it was awesome. He was there, and we did some other things. I, I really, I don't know if I want to can tell you everything, but basically, he s- sat there and and did stuff to me. He he put he did some impartation things down in my gut. Some at one point, I think it was. You know, it's hard to tell time when you're in there, but. It was over a minute. I feel like I could not breathe in. I was completely... He is, he was just putting this thing in me. And he told me several times, I'm putting this in you. I'm putting that in you. And some things he said, I'm not... I said, what is that? He said, I'm not going to tell you what that is. And we we had this whole uh thing going. Two... About two and a half hours later, I kind of came back to this place. At several times, I thought, it was going to be over. Like about 10, 15 minutes in, I kind of felt like he was going to leave. And this terror, I just can't describe it in any other way, this terror gripped my soul. I was like, no! No! You can't leave! I mean, I just remember that feeling of like, no, 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 no! This, come, come back, come back! And then the prayer team, God bless the prayer team, let me tell you something, the people who, who are skillful in ministry, they came by and would just say, more, and it'd be like, whoosh! Power would come and he would come back and it would, it would intensify. But a, a couple, of, two and a half hours later, I wake up and I don't know how else to describe it. I was laying on a floor just like this one. But uh, I felt like I was at a 45 degree angle. Like the floor was still. I was going to roll down the floor, it, though it was flat. I, okay, you know, it's just, that's, I'm just telling you what it was. And I woke up and I remember and I wrote down these things. And I want to tell you the impact of that one encounter for my life. I cannot tell you what it's, what it's done for me. I just can't tell you how important. I've had several others like it. But I just wanted to tell you that I want to share that with you. That's a personal thing to me. Uh, because if God touches you, it will change you forever. I say it's like when you look out and there's a storm and everything is dark and cloudy, whatever. If you're in an airplane, that airplane pops through the clouds. You look and you see. Huh, it's not such a big storm. You look down and you can see down on the storm. You see the sun. Then, even if the plane goes back down under the clouds, you remember. You never forget what you saw. That up there, it's, it's clear. That's what I ha- that's kind of what I have. That's what that thing did for me. Was I, I saw God. I, I touched God. And there's just no... You can come with your arguments in theology and whatever else. You're just not talking me out of God. I've seen him. I've touched him. We've we've talked. He did some things with me. I'm I'm never going to be the same ever. Now that's the kind of thing that these sorts of meetings make available to us. It's a time it's it's a different time. It's it's not your 9 to 5. I mean, I'm not saying God can't touch you 9 to 5. I was at Coca-Cola at work the other day. Um and I was getting in the elevator on the eighth floor, and I was just standing there. And suddenly, I'm jumping up and down in my business attire, standing there waiting on the elevator, doing this. And I was like, "Whoa, what? way, hey, what was that? Why am I doing?" This? You know, I was like, "Oh, hey there." I just—it's like I was in a business meeting. I'd forgotten the Lord for a minute, and I'm there at the elevator. And so I get in the elevator, and it was just me and him. I was like, "Hey, how you been, man? What's you know what's going on?" We kind of reconnect but he'll just he can do that he can come on you but these times i'm just encouraging you i want to inspire hunger i want to tell you it's the greatest thing ever his presence is all we need in his presence is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore amen how many of you would like a little of that all right now if I ask the same question, how many of you feel qualified? How many of you feel like you can come do this? How many of you feel like uh, if, I, if, I, if, you had to, if you had to bet that it would happen to you today, I'd probably get no, uh, no hands. So I want to I change the odds a little bit. All right? I want to just take a few minutes and lay some groundwork in you that will help us draw near to God. Is that all right? And it's just some things i pulled from personal experience. Amen. Are you happy? Yeah, is this good? Or we if we're going somewhere, we can quit. We can go somewhere else if you want to. I feel like this is the thing for today. All right. Uh I want to give you just some I'm going to tell you uh, a few things to do and a few things to be. Can we have the slides? To be. Be humble. Let's start with that. God loves the humble. I want to I want to tell you a few things A few things about who God is. About I want to kind of change our perception about who He is a little bit and how He is disposed towards us. He loves the humble. He loves the brokenhearted. He loves the. How many of you? How many of you uh, would you say in the last year you've had a real time of trouble? Anybody had some trouble? All right. Sometimes you know you feel in despair. Sometimes maybe you know things are things are bad. Things are hard. He loves that. He loves to be nearest to those. Because the joyful people don't really have much need of Him. Right? Isn't that why it's, it's more difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom than for a camel to go through the avenue? Because they just have no need of Him. But the poor in spirit, the, the, the down, He loves to be near to us. He cannot resist. He cannot stay away. He says, uh, the high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this, I live in a high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of the contrite. He loves to be near the humble. So just just get down there. The Lord showed me this vision one time of a... It was like a mirror, a full glass mirror. What do you call it? A two-way, one-way, where you can... St- You can, it's mirror on this side, but it's mirror on that side, but I can see through the back of it. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? It's like a a mirror. But the glass was, was, uh, it had a gradient. It went from up here, it was fully reflective. And at the floor, it was fully transparent. So if you stand up, you see yourself. But the further down you get, you can see through. It becomes clear, and in fact, the further down, and the further down, and the further down, if you get right down on the floor, you can see 100% clarity. That's the way it is. When you stand up, proud and tall, all you can see is yourself. But when you get humble, you can see the kingdom. You can see through 100% clarity is on the floor. Huh? So be be humble, be childlike. He loves He loves to come near you, Bethany is where Jesus stayed a lot. You know, he didn't do a lot of miracles in his hometown. He did a lot of, uh, he did a lot of miracles in, in Bethany, though. You know, Lazarus and all that happened. He used to hang out with Lazarus and those guys. Bethany means the house of the humble. House of the humble, the poor, the poor in spirit. He, that was his favorite place to be. I'm just telling you, Jesus loves to hang out with humble. Alright? Is that alright? To make yourself attractive, just be humble. Forsake your pride and be humble. Alright? Next, be childlike. Here's, a, here's a, a verse that's been meaning a lot more and more. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says uh, in one translation, "Don't be afraid, little flock, for it is it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom." How many of you think you're gonna you have to come and like chase God down and make Him give you stuff? God is incredibly giving. He's incredibly willing. It, great, it gives Him great happiness for Him to do a miracle. It makes him very happy. Do you know that? You not you're not having to you're not having to beg him for something, you're not having to twist his arm. It makes him happy. You want to make God happy? It gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Make God happy? Receive the kingdom. Amen. Be childlike. Be expectant. It's good to come with great expectations, but I want to tell you there's there's two kinds of expectations you want to avoid. One is no expectation. Right, sometimes you show up, and honestly you 're just not expecting anything you know that 's not good when When the powerhouse of the universe comes in, I expect something. Listen, when God shows up, something's going to happen. You know what I 'm saying? There is going to be, and i 'm going to talk about that a little later. something 's got to happen. it can 't not happen. God is just that powerful, so you should come with expectations. But you shouldn't come with the wrong expectations. You know, I, I kind of illustrated that when I was saying that, you know, I was expecting the man of power to come. You know, you may come and you may expect God to do a certain thing a certain way. That's just, all you're doing is setting yourself up for, uh, you know, missed expectations, disappointment. You know, it's it's right of, let me say it like this, it's right of me on Christmas morning. I I expect there's going to be some presents opened, okay? But now, if I come in Christmas morning and I expect a Lamborghini in the driveway with my name on a custom plate, I'm I'm up for a letdown. But I do have a right to expect. I mean, it's, it's right of me. It's a normal thing. I should expect presents. You, you don't expect that the Lord's going to do A, B, C, and D just the way you want Him to. In fact, if He ever did, it would probably be really bad for you. He knows what's best we should We should expect something but leave the results to him, eh we should We should come expectant because He is the powerhouse of the universe, but we don't need to dictate what that is. that make sense? Um, how we view God is very important, because many times Jesus said, "According to your faith, so be it unto you." Let it be done to you according to your faith. It's your faith that has healed you. It's what you believe about him. There's the parable of the talents. You remember when he, he gave the five talents, two talents, one talent? And the one talent guy, when he came in, he, they said to, the master said, what's going on? He said, well, I, I knew you were a hard man. I knew that you were hard. And I heard, the word on the street is, that you take out where you haven't sown. So I... In a cowardly fashion, I hid the thing because I, because I know you're hard. And you remember what the master said? He said, oh, you think I'm hard? Hard man? Okay. Hard man I am. Take his talent. Give it to that guy over there. Because it's what he expected of him. I think we, a lot of times, expect that God is something different than what he is. I think he's far better than what we expect. What we, how we view him. And God takes that seriously. How we view him. Think about the, the great faith. Look at the Syrophoenician woman. You remember? She came after Jesus. She's like, Oh, I, I need a miracle. My daughter, you know, you got to help me. And at first, Jesus didn't even listen to her. He just walked on. And she said, No, really, please. Hey, I need you. And finally, he said, I can't help you. I got to help the Jews. You know, it's, I can't. And, and he called her a dog. At that point, you know, my faith would be uh, kind of discouraged. I might walk away. But he said, she said to him, yeah, 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 okay. But I believe you're the kind of guy that you have so much power. You've got miracles dripping from your fingertips. There's such a full table for the children that I'll just catch some of that that falls off. He said, wow. That's in my version. Wow. Woman, you have great faith. I've never seen such a great faith. Somebody who esteems that God is full of miracles and it's just overflowing. And she said, I'll just take whatever. I'll just take leftovers, man. That's how she viewed him. Do we view him that way? Man, I bet we could. He is that kind of guy. We have to we have to change the way he's the actor. We should come with simple faith. Um, Now, be childlike, but don't be childish. No room for that. Um, How many of you, every time a worship band gets up, they always play your favorite songs? Okay, good. Glad to buy. You know, you go to these things sometimes, and sometimes the style, the volume, the words, whatever, they don't particularly suit you. Wah, wah. This ain't for you. It's for Him. I just, I'm just giving you a secret. I'm giving you a secret. Realize that what has been chosen is for Him. And you can take... I'll tell you right off the bat, I do not like rap music. It's not my fave. And I could list several others right behind that closely. But I'll tell you something. I've seen some anointed rap music going on. I've been in a service where, I promise you, Jesus is going, Yeah, baby, come on, give me some more of that. Because it's not about what you... Huh? Come on. Am I telling the truth or not? Is is it it for you? Is it to give you the goosebumps? Maybe we, the children, the children, Eh, it's not the kind... You remember the ones Jesus said, You know, what should I compare this generation to? You guys are like children sitting in a marketplace saying, Hey, we played a dirge. We're over here playing funeral music and you're not, you're not funeraling. Wrong with you. It's dirge time. And then there's another group over here going, hey, we played a dance. Why aren't you dancing? And the grown-ups are going, hey, boys, this is a marketplace. It's not, it's not, we're not going to do what you say. This, we're doing business here. Grow up. Same way. This thing is for Jesus. When we come to praise Him, it's for Him. Why don't you, before you turn your nose up at another song, say, hey... How you like this, Jesus? Is this working for you? Because it may. It, you, you see what I'm saying? Is that all right? Am I meddling with your with your stuff there? I have a friend, Mark, who is, has such an eclectic taste. No matter what music I pull out of my bag, whether it's old jazz or you know, and some of, some cheesy old thing, he loves it. He just has this way of like, oh yeah, God, that's hmm. dig on that. And I was like, God, make me like my, like that guy right there. I want to be one who can take anything and serve it up to the Lord. Amen. Is that all right? Because I promise you, you'll you'll be in more meetings where the music doesn't fit you than the ones where it fits perfectly. You know what I'm saying? So you might as well learn to worship the Lord with it. Amen. Come on. That's good. Um, you're doing good, Lance. Keep it up. Bring it. Uh, so be childlike, but not childish. Next, be receptive. We ha- I have more trouble with this than, than anything. Is, is people who are not receptive. You, I, we travel around a lot and, uh, you know, people, when, when it comes time to receive from God, they come up and they stand in line and Vincent can tell you, if I'm telling truth. they're just like, oh, oh you, know, you know, and they're working so hard and I'm like, Shh. I'm like, hey, I'll pray. You relax you just nothing. You just do nothing. Just receive. See, because God is the ultimate, He's the consummate giver. He is above all as a giver. God so loved this world that He gave His best. And if He gave His best, every, look at this translation, every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of cascading light down from the fathers of light. There's nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all His creatures. He's a giver. All the, all the gifts come from heaven. And so, I want to just say that to you. Make, it, make up your mind to become a receiver. Yeah? When it comes to the things of God, He's the actor. You're, you're His creation. You didn't start yourself. He started you, right? And he will carry you on and he continues to give. It's just his nature. He likes to give. And so he likes receivers. It's no fun trying to give to somebody who won't receive. You ever see people fighting over the check? I'll fight you over the check once. Maybe twice on a good day. After that, sure, pay away. I mean, no, I'm happy to pay. I'll pay whatever, but that thing of going back, no, 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 just, yes, please, bless me. I'll take it. You know, sometimes you're on the giving end, but sometimes you're on the receiving end. And when it comes to things of God, you're generally on the receiving end. So let's become good receivers. Be receptive. Don't strive. Simply receive. Come boldly to the throne. Open your mouth. And I want to tell you something. When it's your turn, when, when you are receiving prayer, when you are receiving ministry in Jesus' name, that is your moment. You need to get that. And, and if it's not you, if it's someone else, you need to realize it's their moment. What a special time. I've ministered uh, to a lot of people and when as I go down the line and I'll pray for them, I'll see God begin to do something and I'm very hesitant to move on to the next person because I see God is still going here. And this, I just recognize that for this person, this is the moment. This is their dance. This is their time. You know, you remember the old story about the guy throwing the starfish. There's millions of starfish washed up on the beach and he's throwing them back in the water, throwing them back in the water one at a time. And somebody sees him and says, man, what are you doing? You know, that's you, you can't make a difference with all that millions. You know, you're just throwing them one at a time. He said, what does it matter? And he had the starfish. He said, well, it matters to this one right here. And at the moment, it's you. When it's your time, when God is touching you, it's you. and And it's your dance. And you should... Enjoy that time, and when, someone, when it's someone else's time, please don't mess with that. I want to tell you, when I was in that, my, the experience I was describing, I did have a friend of mine came by and was like, you know, trying to mess with me or something I don't know he's trying to say something. he's a young guy. And I was like, no, you know, I'm having a moment here. Private convo, me and the Lord. don't don't interfere. So when it's your turn. Be be there. Be in the moment. Realize it's it's special. It's precious to you. Um, And I had one time I was praying for people. And, you know, it was taking, I don't know, three to five minutes per person, you know, just going down because the Lord was breaking hearts and he was doing some emotional healing and whatever. And it was down in Argentina. In fact, there was a German pastor down there. And uh, after I'd done, I don't know, a couple rows, we had a bunch of people. He he came to me and he said, "Uh, could you speed it up a little? You know, and I was like, I told him, I said, well, do you want me to do less for each person? Or do you want me to do less people? I don't understand what you're asking. And he thought about it a minute. He's like, man, let's go on. It took a little longer. Lunch was about a half hour delayed. But hey, what if it was your dance? What if it was your moment? And the Lord's sitting there doing a precious thing. You want me to skip by? Come on. You see it? You see the value in that? That's your time. Um. So be receptive. Next, be hungry. Be hungry. Because he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be, fi- be filled. That is a kingdom key right there. It is impossible to be hung In Jesus' economy, it's impossible to be hungry and not be filled. Huh? Is that true or not? What's he say? So if you get hungry, you will get filled. It's like a fact. If you feel hunger, fact, you will be filled. And the hungrier you are, fact, you will be more filled. It just goes that way. It's impossible for God to lead you on, to string you along, to tease you. You get hungry for Him, you will get filled. Um, I was in the Congo uh, preaching, and uh, just before I was getting ready to share, I was just telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I could see Him, and I said, Lord, I help me, I want to make them hungry for your kingdom. And he said to me, uh, you know, if you'll tell them about the kingdom properly, they'll get hungry. If they can see what you see, they'll be hungry like you're hungry. And I said, hey, that's good. I'll just, try, I'll just try to tell it. You know, it's like we used to work at a place next door to a bread factory. You know, and like clockwork, about two o'clock in the afternoon, they would start cooking the garlic bread. You know, you're sitting here trying to do your work, and like, oh. you know, and and all of us would just start to, you know, like zombies. You know, we, that time of the afternoon, you you just you can't not think about the garlic bread because it comes in, and that's the way heaven is. If you'll look at heaven long, if you'll start to pursue the King, start to look for Jesus, the more you see him, the hungrier you get. And there's things that stoke your hunger. You should know what they are. Daily, there are things that you can do. Here's a very practical thing. Daily, there are things you can do that will make you hungry and things that will make you cold. Yeah? Do you know what those things are? There, there are things that you can do. I'm not talking about what are the general things. I'm not looking for a Bible school answer. I want to know you. I just want you to consider for yourself. Do you know your own recipe for staying stoked? Do you know what it is that makes you hot? What are the things that make you on for Jesus, make you more hungry, and the things that water down your hunger? Man, if you don't know what those are, if you can't just, like, rip those off on a list, I recommend you in the break, go sit down and write those things down. Because it's so important. You know, above all else, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. We should should know what makes us hot, what makes us cold. Keep your hunger going. And finally, be wholehearted. Uh be wholehearted this is a this is kind of a life message for me, because he loved you. Can I see that slide? He loved you with his whole heart, eh? He gave it all. Come on, He walked up that hill. He took my stuff. I got no friends like that. I got no other friend like Jesus that took my sin, my shame, my everything, and he walked up that hill. He carried it up that hill until his strength gave out. He gave every last thing he had for me. That's my hero. He is wholehearted. He loves. He says, I have loved you with this everlasting love. So for us to love him back that way is just a response. It's just a simple uh Action in kind. He loved us with everything and He says, love me back. Be wholehearted. God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if He didn't spare His only Son, how much more will He give us all things? I'm trying to paint a picture for you of who He is. And when we come to Him, we don't come like beggars. We're coming to a God who is busting to give. God so loves you that He... Gave His only Son. And how much more will He not give you all things? Come on. Man, you don't have to sneak up to a throne like that. You just come boldly in. See? That's who He is. You should have a focus and an intensity. Here's a little uh, uh, trick I learned. Pray the best you can. Yeah, You say, well, I'll never be able to... You know, pray like Greg Haswell. Pray, you know, I just he just prayed. Well, okay, pray the best you can. Every time you go to pray, pray as hard as you can. That's simple, but man, I'll tell you something. It'll revolutionize your life. Just zero in and pray with a focus, with an intensity, and just give Him all you have and pray, and you'll be surprised. You have more capacity in you than you realize. With your whole heart, you can do amazing things. Be wholehearted and be loud. If you if you if you stand within fifteen foot radius of me when I'm worshiping, you'll know I'm there, because I just don't have another volume. I just there's something about praising Him with all your might. If and I come here in the morning, I come here and I pray and I shut the doors and I turn it up and me and Jesus have a party. If you you need a place like that, get a place where you can just be as loud as can be. You'll be surprised. Hey, try it. Just try it. Or you can... Because it says that David danced with all his might. He gave everything he had. He just gave it. You should try that. I recommend it. That'll fix you. Give him your whole heart. We were... I just want to tell you this one story. We were at a men's advance uh, out in uh, east of Atlanta. And uh, we had been praying for the the worship, for the meeting. And... um, Something happened, and it was one of those meetings where what I was telling you earlier—it was not my style of music, okay? It was this old uh, African American uh, kind of a—I hmm, don't know—gospel jazz, old school street music sort of thing going on. And he was doing his little thing, and he was—he wasn't really leading worship, but he was starting to do a, con- a, a little bit of a concert, and it really was not my speed at all. I was just like, eh, you know, this is. Whatever, but I'll tell you something, man. He got to singing, and we got to singing, and suddenly, I've never had anything quite like this one. It was like the favor of God spread over that place, and we began to enter into the high praises. And these are old guys, you know. I'm not talking about the we're just just old country guys. And man, but the place was electric, so much so. I shouted, we all did, we all shouted, and this is not normal for that meeting, it's normally pretty sedate. But something happened where we got to sense the favor of Jesus, how He was enjoying this. We started screaming and shouting to where we were. we'd were. lost our voices. That's where I learned to whistle. Because I couldn't shout anymore, I was like, i got to make some noise, whistling. And just, we... Praise the Lord. And the guy got up to take the meeting back. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, fellas, we're going to whatever. Ah, The place would not... Three times, he couldn't get the meeting back. Because we were lost in Jesus with our whole heart. Just something happened. And, man, we... we, we, and, And that's another thing. When you're worshiping Him, you need to see how He is responding. How's He liking this? Forget how you're liking it. How's He liking it? And you'll be surprised. And he's like, "Yeah, come on, give me some more of that. He's that way. Amen, Are you okay? you happy? All right, I got just a few more things, and we'll be done uh, Just a few more things, yes, so I want to give you a few things to do, a few things to do, five things, and we'll be we'll quit. um number one, lean. Lean. Something I, I caught in the Spirit recently that, that has changed, this has just changed me, is it, the Bible says that uh, Jacob, at the end of his life, after he'd blessed the boys, he leaned on his staff and he worshipped. And I don't know, the Lord just turned that on for me, just showed me. Here's this old guy, you know, he's man, he's wrestled with God. He's, you know... He's Israel, right? He's, he's, he's had a lot of experience, just face-to-face with God. But here he is. He's an old guy. Look at him. He's an old guy. And he just grabs the edge of his bed or his staff or whatever. And he just kind of leans on it and he just goes, Oh, just worship you. Mm. And so everybody else is doing their thing and he's over there just going, oh, worship. Worship Jesus. There is a way on the inside to connect to God. I, if you don't get anything else, I said, I want you to try this. Because we usually go in, you know, we love the Lord our God with all our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength. And this is a part of our our spiritual connection to God. So we, You know, a lot of us focus on the mind. Anybody with me on that? Sometimes I'm all up in my head. But I'll tell you something. When your mind can't get it and your emotions aren't even there, just in your spirit, lean into God. You'd be surprised. Ooh. That's where, you t- that's where you touch Him. Right there. That's where you connect. If you, you, you lean in. Be in the practice of leaning in. Have an intense burn. Connect with the inner man first. Try this. You guys, especially if you minister in worship, whatever. There's a lot of stuff going on with singing and technical what's going on. And, uh, you know, sound and all that kind of business. And, and for the rest of us, that, that you know when we're singing, it tends to be about the singing. But before you sing... Inside, make, an, make a connection with God. Madame Guillon said in her book, and I, it floored me, she said, you know, about how to pray, whatever. The beginning, she said, just come to the Lord. It's just a simple sentence. At the beginning of one... And I said, man, that's, I can't even read the rest of the chapter. Come to the Lord. In yourself, just come to the Lord. If you get good at that, connect... As a matter of fact, why don't we do that just a moment? Just one moment. Hit the pause button on the teaching, right where you are, not even with your mind, but just inside. Just acknowledge the Lord's presence. Just touch Him. Just say, Lord, I'm coming to you with my spirit. Oh. You say, hello. And there He is. He's right there. You can do that any time, night or day. Right in the middle of... And I do it sometimes. Sometimes people say, where'd you go, man? Because <laughs> I'll be talking to Him, and suddenly I'll just be kind of back out. You know, to, to be with Jesus. Get good at that. Lean into the Lord. Just like, and just like Jacob did, man. Just, you know, and if you're in worship, hey, maybe it's not your thing to, to dance. Maybe it's not your thing, whatever. You know, you, everybody's got a different kind of manifestation. But you know, one thing you can do is have that intense burn. You touch the Lord. Uh, you reach in and you, you, you lean in on Him. You know what I'm saying? Alright, to be with Him. Uh, next, seek. Be eager. Look for the things of God. I know we got a lot of junk floating around out there. You know, how many of you, you know, turn on a religious channel and have to go get sick over it? Sometimes it happens. You know, sometimes there's junk out there. All right, I get it. But we need to learn to eat the meat and spit out the bones. All right. And I want to tell you something the Lord showed me about this. That is something you tell children. That's not really a message for grown ups. You know, if you came to me and I'd I say, hey, uh, did you have the chicken? you say, nah, I had the chicken. I didn't like it at all. God, it was crunchy and there were things sticking out in my mouth and I nearly choked on it. I'd say, well, now, did you eat all of it or did you just did you skip the bone? No, I just ate it. I'd say to you, you know, didn't your mother ever teach you that there's good part of the chicken and there's a part we don't eat? See, that's like child stuff. So you shouldn't have to tell a group full of spiritual adults, hey, spit out the bones. Yeah, the guy may not be on on all his points, but can you not hear the good stuff in there? See, you should be a laser beam. I'm looking for God. I don't care who's got him. I'm looking for Jesus. And when somebody comes up and he says nine things wrong, but one thing right, you get on that right thing and you say, yeah, baby, I will take that right there. That's good. See, because cause all truth belongs to God. Huh? The Muslims didn't hijack it. You know, the the Jehovah's Witnesses don't have, you know, they didn't run off with it. It's still God's truth. No matter who says it. So you look for God where he is and the stuff that does that isn't true, yes. Shoot. I'm not saying embrace it. Spit it out. It's a bone. But don't skip the chicken because it's got bones in it. Only a child has to eat only fillets. Come on. We belie our spiritual immaturity sometimes by the fact we can't get past a few bones. Let's be grown up. Let's eat the good stuff. Learn how to skip over the bad stuff, eh? Okay, amen. Good, that's good, Lance. You're doing good. Uh, Learn to hear the voice behind the voice. Listen, I've been up here saying stuff, whatever, but I hope you you hear your father. You know, it's not important what I've said important what he has said to you i told isla last night that sometimes i don't i don't even remember what was said in the service because i'm having this back channel conversation with god whatever somebody when the anointing is there and a guy's preaching sometimes something he say will kick me off and me and the lord go off on this and i have no idea where he was because i'm, I'm hearing the shepherd's voice you should learn to do that commune with the lord um next fear fear Beware of the fear of man. I think if I had to put my finger on one hindrance to receiving from the Lord that I've seen kind of across the board, is that people are worried what other people are going to think. I just have to tell you that when when God touches you and the lights go out for you and you're in the third heaven, you don't give much care to what people are thinking. You know, there's times when... He's going to come on you and things are going to happen. Hey, get over it. Who are we trying to impress? Beware of the fear of man. Because what, what, should, what should it be? What would happen? Let me say it to you this way. If my wife and I are standing here and we're talking to one another. And then another woman comes up and I go, Oh, hey, how you doing there? Good to see you. Yeah, and I start to treat my wife as if she's not really there. How's that going to go over? You know how that's going to go over. Don't sit there and look holy at me. That's going to be that. That's going to cause trouble in my house. Well, we do the same with God. God's here starting to try to do something. And then we look over and somebody's looking at us. We go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, I don't I don't want to do that anymore. And we treat God as if he's secondary. What we should do is say, be with you in a minute. I'm, I'm over here having a conversation with my maker. The king of the universe is here. I'll get to you when I can. Hey, isn't that the way it should be? I feel like getting one of those uh, little earphone things from my phone so that when I'm walking around praying at work, I, people don't freak out. I can just keep talking. Yeah, oh, you know, I know exactly. What about this? And I can have my little earbuds. See, they don't know I'm talking to Jesus. Um, it's a good idea. Get one. Treating him as if he's not there and treating other people, that's what unbelievers do, yeah? That's not what we do. Um, There's that song that we sing, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. That's some good words right there. He's the one who is here. He's more here than you are. We should not not treat him otherwise. So... uh, be afraid of the fear of man. Run from the fear of man. The, this rabbi was dying, and the, uh, the, um, his young rabbi students came to him, and they said, hey, give us a blessing. And he said, may you fear God more than men. They said, well, what kind of blessing is that? He said, well, a thief steals at night. He knows God sees him, but he doesn't care. He steals at night so that men won't see him. He cares more about what men think about him than what God thinks about him. May you fear God more than you fear men. May may you try to please him. May you be pay him more attention and let the other people in the world just take second seat, eh? That'd be good. I'll take some of that right there. Um, Jesus, there was this cool little conversation where Jesus was talking to Jairus. Remember, Jairus was the synagogue ruler. His daughter was dying. And then while he's after, Jesus saying, please come heal her. They come and they say, uh, she's dead. Don't, you know, don't bother the teacher. And then Jesus, watch, watch Jesus. He, he, the Bible says, ignoring what they said, ignoring what they said, he looked at that guy and he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. There was a whole crowd and he shut out the whole crowd to have this little cone of silence, two-person conversation. He said, no, 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 shh. Don't, don't, just don't pay them any attention. Listen to me. Look at me. Don't be afraid. Only believe. See, if he can do that, why can't we do that? When God's zeroing in, just tell the world, hey, hang on a second. Be right with you. I got got a call coming in. I need to go take this. You know. Why not? Why not? Be more afraid of of God than of of man. Uh, fifth, fourthly, imagine this has done more for me. We're almost finished, so just energize yourself. Uh, imagine this does more for me when I'm in worship. If you just, you know, the Bible says, uh, "I pray for you that God may open the eyes of your heart." That's your imagination. That's your ability to see into the things that can't be seen. And I. When I begin to worship, a lot of times I will imagine that... Because I can't see it. If, if, can anybody right now see the throne? If so, please come up here and begin ministering to the rest of us. Okay, so since we can't, with our physical eyes, we can, I, I, I can see with the eyes of my heart to know what is true. And I begin to visualize the throne and the rumblings and the peals of thunder and the lightning and the emerald rainbow and the elders falling down and the preachers yelling holy and the throngs... The billions of people who have ever lived before the throne, how worthy is the Lamb. And I get that in my spirit. And man, it's hard to sit still and worship quietly. You know what I'm saying? Use that God-given gift to see beyond what you can see. That's right. And truthfully, am am I really imagining it if it's real? It's real. I'm just trying to decide how I can. I'm trying to form a picture of what I what I know to be real. Yeah, I'm not dreaming something up. Remember that day in that assembly and notice Jesus' response. That does a lot for me as well. When I'm worshiping, I I say Jesus, how are you liking this? And and He always says, man, This is good. Come on, Give me some more. See His response. Join the throng. There's a thing I was talking to and Frank, our resident. Atomic physicist is not here, uh, so I can, I can tell this any way I want. Um, but there's a, there's a thing called quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement is where you take a particle, particles that are charged in the same field like photons or something, you, split, you take two and you split them. You can take those two particles, and when you turn this one positive, this one turns negative and vice versa. They flip, okay? I can take those two particles and I can move them to the opposite ends of the universe, And if I turn this one positive, this one turns negative. Instantly. Like faster than it could be the speed. So it it can't be light. It can't be a wave. It can't be any other thing that connects them except somehow they're connected in some invisible, supernatural... Now, this is all confirmed by science. So what happens is those two things, they're, they're connected somehow. I want to tell you something. You, when you were regenerated, when you were born from above... You became connected to those elders before the throne, to those creatures, to the angels, to the throne, to the heavenly beings, the sevenfold spirit before the throne. You're connected. And so there's something in you that when they fall down and go holy down here, you go whoa, and you want to. There's something inside you that says, I, I got to worship. It's it's in there. You are connected to heaven. That's how Jesus said, I see the father do a thing because he was connected we're the same way. And when you, so when you, feel, when you feel the urge to kneel, kneel. When you feel the urge to dance, dance. When you feel like I ought to praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Because that's what's happening in heaven. It's where you come from. Remember what he, Jesus said? He said, I pray for these guys, these disciples of mine. They're not of this world any more than I am. They're cut from heaven, just like I am. That's you. You're born from heaven. You're connected to that. We just gotta see it, eh? We just gotta see it. And uh finally, rest, rest and leave the results to him. He'll he'll get it done. Vincent told us that story about the guy you prayed for and you didn't have faith at all except to just do the work and he got saved. I was in Honduras and uh went to a meeting and God had been moving mightily in in these meetings and um went to this little house church meeting and Started to minister to people, started to pray for them, and I could feel this thing in the spirit that God was trying to do a thing. But I'd go up there and I'd pray for somebody, and normally God will just visibly crash in and something big will happen. Started pray for these people, and they just stand there. It's like, huh, okay. But you, you know, on the back side, I could feel something getting ready to give. So I would pray for this one, <laughs> nothing. After about two of, you know, so I'm not going to like push them down or try to, you know, do something. I, I was like, I told them, I said, oh. After a couple of people, I said, hey, I just feel like the Lord's trying to do something, but I don't see anything going on. Why don't we pray? Let's pray. So we got together and we prayed. And they prayed earnestly. They were good, but solid believers. And um, we prayed. And I prayed for a couple more and nothing. I said, well, you know, I don't know what else to do. I love you. God bless you. You know, we'll see. We're not going to pretend. Come on. How many of you wish that people would take a course in that? Some ministers. Look, if it's not happening, don't worry about it. God god's doing this not you just give it up you know hang you know whatever so you know i went to the cab i went to go get in and i was getting ready to leave and um you know i was just kind of shaking my head going man what a bust i you know i I felt that god was going to do a thing and yet it was so nothing so i was getting ready to to leave and the pastor said hey hey hang on a second uh there's a lady up here i want you to pray for so went up the road and there was this little lady stretched out she had an oxygen tank and uh, you know, she was a little skinny, bony, just looked like she was hardly there, uh, lady. And they didn't really say what was wrong, and I didn't know a lot of Spanish back then. And so I just took her hands and prayed for her, you know, and just said, Lord, Father, you know, you know what's wrong with her, and you know what she needs, just help her. And, you know, she sat up and took her little oxygen thing off and praised the Lord and whatever. And so I thought, well, okay. So we got in the cab, and I went back, and, I, you know, I woke up the next morning. I thought, well, today's a new day. You know, that was I don't understand why that went like that, but it, today we'll start over. And I'm sitting there eating breakfast, and the translator guy comes by, and I said, "Hey, man, what's going on?" He said, "You don't you don't know, do you?" I said, "I don't know what you're saying." He said, "That lady you prayed for said she had been like that for eight months, and the doctor said if she ever took her oxygen off, she would die, and said so she hadn't had the energy to to speak, to sit up." Uh, much less to walk. She's been just like that for eight months. He said, today, she's been running around the town telling everyone that God healed her. And he said, today, the whole town came to our church. And he said, the pastor tried to tell them about Jesus and they said, no, 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 we want to talk, we want to see Miracle Lady. Where's Miracle Lady? And so they had this little mini revival in a little barrio of Honduras. What I'm telling you is, listen, if I didn't bump into the translator, to this day, I would still think that was a bust of a meeting. But God did that to show me, look, I got this. You pray. You pray. And you may never find out this side of heaven. But I got this. You you, you do the thing. And you leave it to me. And so when you come to receive from God, man, don't try to do anything. Don't try to... Help God? Come on. You, what, a, what a silly sentence that even is. Help God. It's all right. Just show up and be receptive. Be humble, childlike, receiving. And just whatever he does, take that. You know, uh, Glenn was telling me, and I don't want to go too far over, but Glenn was, said he was out. Where were you? San Jose. And uh, you can tell it better than I can. Get that microphone. Tell us real quickly about the concrete thing.
1: Yeah, so I was at uh, this museum called the Museum of Innovation. And I was just kind of walking around and I came across this exhibit where they were talking about sort of earthquakes and technology and all this type of stuff. There was this big concrete block uh, there, probably about two and a half, three feet, uh, wide, sort of same size, big like this and sort of a slot in the middle and, you, and, the, and the whole idea was you put your hands on the side of this big concrete block and you squeeze or put your hands in the middle and try and pull pull apart. And if you do that, you feel absolutely nothing. I mean, it's just, you know, you know it's like putting your hand against a concrete block. Uh, but what they had is they had a dial mounted in the front, on the, on the wall in front of the thing, a meter. And if you squeeze this block, you could move the meter. And if you squeeze the block hard enough, you could actually move the needle right off the dial. And I'll I just kind of stopped for a moment. And it suddenly occurred to me that that's kind of like our praying, right? Because there are times when, when we pray and we feel like we're moving and we're shifting stuff. And there are times when we're praying and it feels like we're just putting our hands against a, against a concrete block and squeezing and we feel nothing, we see nothing move whatsoever. But in reality, in the kingdom, we're moving the needle off the dial. Yeah. And it's that scripture that says, um, you know, the effective, if I can paraphrase the scripture, it says... The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman will move the needle off the dial.
0: Yeah, that's good. So you get results. It's impossible to brush up against the powerhouse, living God, and have nothing happen. It's just impossible. Isn't that a different mindset than the one we normally come to the prayer line with as beggars and saying, Oh, God, if you'll just please touch me? He's big. He's willing. He's dying to give. It gives Him great happiness to hand you the kingdom. I just want to lay those foundations in you for, for receiving. We're, uh, we're going to take a break and Vincent's going to, yeah, about a 15-minute break and then Vincent's going to he- heat it up again. But if you'll just remember those simple principles, come to the Lord. It's a mindset. It's a way of seeing Him. I think it'll change you. Hopefully something in there will be will turn the trick for you. Those are all the ones that have done them for me over the, over the last few years. So let's just pray together. Let's reach out. Uh I'm going to say the words, but you with your spirit just reach out and touch the Lord. Yeah. So we love you, Father. Make these words, these foundational principles go deep into us. That we may be hot for you. We want to be hot for you. We want to be hungry for you. We want to be childlike and humble and receptive. We want to fear you more than men. These are the things, Lord. Right now we reach out to you on the inside. We lean into you, Lord. Pray for each of my friends in the sound of my voice that you will, God, make these things foundational to them. Help them uh, to navigate over the rest of this weekend and the rest of their lives by being receptive and being open and being good receivers. Quick to take a drink of the Spirit. Quick to step in and receive from you. God, if I could pray one thing for each of us, it's that we... Become experts at drawing near to You. And that we see You like You truly are. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.